This podcast may contain mature content, strong language and spoilers. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the HD Movie Podcast. I'm Darren Gaskell. And I'm Hayley Alice Roberts. And this week we are continuing in our odyssey, which is called Summer of Sharks. And we're back in sequel territory this time. Not Jaws 2, but Sharknado 2. Bring it on. Sharknado 2, the second one, is a made-for-television sequel to Sharknado, which came out the year before. The movie aired on the Sci-Fi Channel on July 30th, 2014, and was once again produced by The Asylum. I'm very excited that we've started on Asylum films, because, well, if you know, you know. So Darren is going to tell us a bit more about Sharknado 2, the second one, in the words of somebody that um, we appreciate very greatly on this podcast. It's master synopsizer Nick Reganis giving us the details on Sharknado 2, which is as follows. Having escaped death by the skin of their teeth after the unprecedented meteorological phenomenon in Sharknado, the lucky survivors Finn and his former wife April find themselves en route to Manhattan to warn the world about the freakish incident. However, once more, heavy, shark-ridden storm clouds gather in the sky, setting the stage for yet another blood-drenched disaster in the making. This time, the unsuspecting Big Apple is the epicentre of the ferocious tornado, as not one, but two violent cyclones are converging into a massive atmospheric anomaly, threatening to level the entire city. Now, veteran Finn has to brave the elements and do what he does best, before New York City turns into an endless all-you-can-eat buffet. But the first Sharknado was already too much to handle. Who can survive a second one? Who can indeed? (laughs) Well, some people do. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So I absolutely love this film. It's just insane from the get-go. So the opening sequence begins on a plane. And you've got Kelly Osborne as an air hostess, just because. And you've got Finn and April, they've returned. Um, they're, as you say, heading to New York because um, they are going to promote a book, I believe, that she's written about it is. Um, surviving Sharknadoes. It has a proper title. Yeah, I know what the title is as well. I made a note of it. The title of the book is <laughs> How to Survive a Sharknado and Other Unnatural Disasters. So it suggests that the couple are back together, um, they've rekindled their romance and it's heading to a very good place, or so they think. But events do take quite a brutal turn very soon 
as the Sharknado. It just it just turns up just at the beginning of the movie. There's no messing about. It's like this is Sharknado two. We're gonna have just a tiny little bit of character development here, and then we're just gonna get into it. And then it's absolute carnage on that plane. So as you can imagine, you're gonna have like references to like Twilight Zone and airplane as well. Also, one of the pilots is Rachel True from The Craft. Brilliant. So I thought that was great. So yeah, there's lots of like people who pop up in well, familiar actors and actresses that pop up in this movie. And um, yeah, the opening sequence it just um, keeps you just laughing and entertained. And it gets to the point where Finn has to take over the plane because he's like the big action hero of this movie. And also April tries to take charge as well. And then something a little bit cruel happens to her, but she is still quite strong and she's going to fight through it. A lot of stuff happens in the opening sequence and it really sets the tone of this is going to be an insane movie. You're going to be in for a wild ride and just go with it because you're going to have so much fun. Yeah, the opening sequence on the plane is really, really fun. And the references to other movies are pretty much off the chart. You get references to Airplane. Robert Hayes, who was in Airplane, is the pilot of the plane. The flight number is 209, which I believe is the flight in Airplane. There's dialogue that's kind of ripped from it as well. The episode of the Twilight Zone, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, Finn is saying, oh, there's something on the wing, which anybody who's seen that episode or seen the movie, because there's a segment of the Twilight Zone movie which is based on that as well. It's playing around with lots and lots of movie references while still being a Sharknado movie. Seeing Rachel True is great. I'd forgotten that Rachel True was in this. I'd seen this before. And when it was like, oh, yeah, that's Rachel True. Yeah. And it's kind of the start point where Sharknado really started to load up on the movie references and the cameos. As you get further and further into the series, they're loading the movies with celebrity and of uh, thespian cameos. If you get a bit further into the movie, there's people who are actually part of the Today Show in, in America, and they seem to be having a whale of a time here. You've got the presenters of this morning programme, including the, the guy who does the weather, I think he's called Al Roker. He seems to be having a particularly good time delivering all these faux weather forecasts about sharks. One thing I really did like about the first bit as well, you're right about it, just going straight into the action. The bit where Finn is looking out of the window and he's looking at this storm cloud and there's a silhouette of a shark where the lightning <laughs> hits it. At that point, you're either going to do two things. You're either going to rail against this movie or you're going to go with it. And if you go with it, I think you'll have a pretty good time with it because if you enjoy the first 10 minutes of it, that's pretty much setting you up for the rest of the movie because it doesn't get any less bonkers yeah definitely and i think if you're going into a movie called sharknado to the second one um you're getting already annoyed at things like the silhouette of the shark you're in the wrong movie yeah this is just pure entertainment it's a b movie it knows exactly what it wants to be it doesn't hide from the genre that it, that it's part of and yeah it's just so much fun like you just it's just a good time it's not trying to be anything other than a bit of a ride and it doesn't really have any kind of pretense at being the slightest bit realistic all the way through it. It knows that it's stupid and it kind of leans into it. But for a stupid movie, it's got some quite good ideas, to be perfectly honest. 
and some of the cameos yeah they are very on the nose but it rewards you if you've got a bit of an interest in popular culture because there's a a taxi driver in it played by Judd Hirsch who was in the TV series Taxi so he's played the same kind of role almost in this so it's always kind of nudging you in the directions of other TV shows and movies one of the players in it is um, Pepper out of Salt and Pepper is one of the characters so they're kind of loading it with people from all over the cultural spectrum and although it's got various subplots with kind of Finn with his his sister and her her husband and their family and, and there's kind of tensions between all of those. I mean it it kinda gets wiped away pretty quickly because everybody gets down to the business of kicking shark ass. <laughs> well shark fin. Well shark fin, yeah, because I mean I guess I guess <laughs> I guess I mean I guess there must be some kind of ass to the shark, but I guess yeah, 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 Finn's probably better. Yeah, basically shark experts let us know because we've seen so many of these movies already, and obviously they do stretch the laws of plausibility quite far. Yeah, so as you say, there's um some like fun characters in there. So the the taxi driver, me and my husband were saying how much he looked like Robert De Niro. Well, I think there's kind. Of, I think at some point there is a reference somewhere to the surname Bickle, which is in Taxi Driver. So it's just it's nodding to everything all the time. I think you can have almost as much fun playing spot the movie reference in Sharknado as you're having with the utterly ludicrous plot. Yeah, and then going back to that whole Taxi Driver subplot as well. Um, there is a great scene which then involves. Finn using the sharks as stepping stones to get from the taxi to like the other side to safety and that's just hilarious. Another hilarious moment is the Statue of Liberty head. It's a huge CGI head and it's just basically rolling down the streets like a boulder after some of the characters and again it's, it's just really really funny. Um, and then yeah I think it does splatter somebody at one point I mean, you know it's coming but you just it's just one of those things where you're just waiting for it. So yeah, there's just great set pieces in this. They just get more wild and ludicrous as they, they go on. Yeah, there's also the subplot as well where Finn kind of finds himself in a little bit of a romantic tangle um, between obviously getting back together with Tara Reid's character, April, and then there's Vivica A. Fox's character, who um, her name's Sky, and I think he went to high school with her and there was yeah. something... Yeah, so, but that does... It, it kind of develops a bit, but it's not the main focus. It's just kind of adding that extra bit of conflict. But, you know, we are here for the sharks. That is the main purpose for this movie. Yeah, pretty much. And to be fair to the movie, I mean, it's set in New York and you might think, well, they'll set up the New York setting and then they'll shoot it somewhere else. But to be fair to them... Quite a lot of it shot around Manhattan. There's certainly that's definitely City Field when they're in the baseball stadium because I've been to City Field and it's definitely City Field that they're at. And the Sharks rudely interrupt the New New York Mets because they're winning at the time apparently, uh, which uh, doesn't happen all that often to the New York Mets. But their triumphant baseball match is rudely interrupted by a, a Sharknado, which leads to various scenes where. Sharks are being knocked around the place with baseball bats because, you know, it's a baseball stadium. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
So yeah, I bet you're a bit disappointed that you didn't see any sharks when you were watching baseball there, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to see that. We got to see a full game as well. It wasn't interrupted by some cyclone full of man-eating sharks. So that was a bonus. We did actually manage to make it out. Okay. <laughs> That's good to know. And of course, you're here on this podcast, so <laughs> we know uh, nothing terrible happened. But yeah, I think just the Sharknado films—they're just quite feel-good as well. Like if you're into B movies or just daft movies that, as I say, stretch the plausibility of realism completely it's it's just so much fun yeah i mean as it gets further on the, the weather forecasts even have their own little shark icon so they're going hour by hour at the weather forecast and i think at 2 p.m they're saying that they're going to have sharks falling and then there's this little icon of a shark falling vertically downwards <laughs> and saying that they're going to have two inches of sharks in the next couple of hours so you can tell this le- the level that this movie is operating at. I mean, there's not one moment of it where they think, you know, maybe maybe we might try and inject a bit of plausibility or seriousness in it. No, it's not, that's not what they're here for. The solution, again, to trying to stop the Sharknadoes initially, again, it's the same as the first one, and it just seems to be, right, let's blow the shit out of it. So explosions again play a big part in at least the first kind of three quarters of this movie the solution to most things seems to be to blow it up and it seems that like the whole concept of these sharknadoes has been completely normalized now in the society because it's happened before people are just kind of accepting this is some crazy weather phenomenon that does happen everyone kind of plays it straight in that respect there's Kind of no like oh no don't be ridiculous like everyone's like no this is something that can actually happen in our lives we are going to deal with this situation as if it's completely normal that cyclones and sharks would mix and cause all this destruction in in the city so that's quite fun also two of the characters are called martin and ellen brody if that isn't like the biggest nod to jaws i don't know what is uh, the only thing that they didn't do when they introduced Martin and Ellen Brody was stare at the camera and wink because it's yeah. just, it's so telegraphed. It's just like, you know, uh, there's almost a pause for somebody to say, well, look what we did there. <laughs> and then it also does have some Evil Dead vibes at the end as well. Um, so I don't want to spoil it too much, but it is it's pretty cool and ridiculous. I think you know what you're going to get with the Sharknado movie. I think if you've seen the first one and you weren't a fan, I don't think the sequel is going to win you over in any way whatsoever. If you liked the first movie and you want more of it wound up even further, then you're probably going to get a kick out of Sharknado 2 because it's basically them saying, right, okay, where can we take this next? How can we make it even more outrageous than the first one? Oh, I know. Let's do this. And the fact that it's really more a sequence of kind of action set pieces rather than any sort of coherent plot, it doesn't really matter because you're just going on to the next bit of Sharknado action. The fact that the connecting tissue isn't all that strong. In fact, the plot could probably come apart in a in a fairly gentle wind, but it doesn't matter because if you're here for the plot of a movie called Sharknado 2, really... Is that what you're here for? I wasn't, personally. And again, it kind of established its cult status and um, became a franchise at this point as well. 
and just a TV movie event. You know, they, as we spoke about in the um, first um, Sharknado episode we did, just how popular these films became. And um, yeah, they're just pure escapism. And I can see why people enjoy them so much. And even if they gradually get more terrible or ridiculous, I think people are just there for it because it's a good time. Yeah. If you're going to get wound up by it, I think there are I think there are other things that you can get upset by rather than the Sharknado movie. And if you want to know whether they use the line, jumped the shark, yes, they do. It's about 58 minutes into the movie. And I was kind of thinking when the first time I watched it, I thought, surely Sharknado is going to mention something jumping the shark at some point. And it was this one. And it's very much on the nose. It is in the bit where Finn is actually using the sharks to get across to another platform even then whereas it would probably induce groans in any other movie you just think yeah you know fair enough i'm going with that definitely so imdb have rated this 4.0 out of 10 i think it deserves a bit more than that for creativity and just general funness and then rotten tomatoes audience score is only 31 percent, which is again quite disappointing but you know i think movies like this can get a bad rating at times just because of the type of movie they are they're not going to appeal to everybody i just think they are crowd-pleasing audience films so i think they deserve a little bit more love than maybe that they do get from the critics yeah i think there's a certain amount of pleasure to be taken from a movie that's setting out to be bad but in an entertaining way it knows where it's pitching itself sharknado it's not that the filmmakers have any sort of lack of talent and have produced something that just is terrible because they can't make a movie. Now, these people can put a movie together and they're kind of leaning into the fact that it is ridiculous and the dialogue's stupid and the effects are a bit ropey. But all of that's kind of by the by. I mean, you know what you're getting when you go into one of these movies. Rotten Tomatoes audiences seem to give the Sharknado movies a particular kick in. Now, I don't know if you've got people who think they're above this sort of movie and are just going on Rotten Tomatoes to give the Sharknado franchise a bit of a slap when they can. But I can't get into the mindset of somebody who would watch the first Sharknado movie, not like it, and then go and watch the second Sharknado movie, expecting more of the same, so that they can not like it all over again. I mean, you've just wasted 90 minutes of your life there. Why would you put yourself through a second Sharknado movie if you'd hated the first one? There are some people out there that just want to watch the world burn or rather want to see the Sharknado franchise burn. I've got a lot of love for this franchise. Yes, it's stupid. Yes, it's terrible. Yes, it's just dumb as a bag of hammers. But I really like the Sharknado movies. Yeah, I will second that for the second one. I do wish we could chat longer. And that's it for episode 32 of the HD Movie Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you very much, everybody. And if you enjoyed listening to us, you can follow us also on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at HD Movie Podcast. Please let us know which movie of the Sharknado franchise is your favourite or what you generally think of this franchise. Coming soon. Obviously, it's going to be episode 33. Are we going to continue the Summer of Sharks miniseries? Yeah, I think there's a bit more mileage in this, so we're going to do another shark movie. What's coming around next time? 
So next time we have a guest on the show and we also have a movie that the guest has chosen, which is really exciting. The movie is... Deep Blue Sea. And the guest is... None other than the fabulous Kate Orton, who has been my guest on Socially Distant Cinema and Kate loves shark movies. So I cannot wait to talk Deep Blue Sea with her. Yeah, I'm really excited to rewatch this movie as it has been years. So it's going to be kind of fresh viewing and it's going to be great to hear from Kate's perspective because this was the movie that um, got her into shark films in the first place. So that's going to be really exciting. Until then, can you contain yourselves? Well, you're going to have to. Until next time, stay safe, everybody, and we'll see you soon. The HD Movie Podcast is presented by Hayley Alice Roberts and Darren Gaskell. Its music is written and performed by Mitch Bain. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes and Podbean.